Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Today in Science from Wired. Super slow computer programs reveal math's fundamental limits. The goal of the Busy Beaver game is to find the longest running computer program. Its pursuit has surprising connections to profound questions in math. By John Pavlus. Okay, get your thinking caps on. Today we are going to get mathy. So normally computer programmers want to minimize the amount of time their computer code takes to execute, right? But in 1962, there was this Hungarian mathematician named Tibor Rado, and he posed the opposite problem. He wanted to know instead, how long can a simple computer program possibly run before it terminates? Then he nicknamed those inefficient programs he was thinking about, Busy Beavers. Then in 1984, Scientific American published a column titled Computer Recreations, and it made Rado's puzzle programs popular among other programmers and mathematical hobbyists. But in the last several years, the Busy Beaver game, as we now call it, has become an object of study in its own right because it uncovered some interesting connections to some of the loftier concepts and open problems in mathematics. Scott Aronson is a theoretical computer scientist at the University of Texas, Austin, and he says, In math, there is a very permeable boundary between what's an amusing recreation and what is actually important. Scott recently published a survey of progress in busy beaverology. And recent work on this suggests that the search for long-running computer programs can shed some light on the state of mathematical knowledge. It can even tell us what's knowable. So, according to researchers, this busy beaver game can give us a concrete benchmark to evaluate how difficult certain problems can be, like the unsolved Goldbach conjecture and Riemann hypothesis. It even gives us a peek at where the logical bedrock, underlying math, math's foundation, where it starts to break apart. So the logician Kurt Gödel had already proved the existence of this kind of mathematical terra incognita nearly a century ago, but the busy beaver game, it can show where it actually lies on a number line, kind of like an ancient map depicting the edge of the world. So let's talk uncomputable computer games. The Busy Beaver game is all about the behavior of Turing machines, and if you don't know what those are, they're primitive, idealized computers that Alan Turing came up with in 1936. If you haven't seen the movie, check it out. Imitation game. It's awesome. 
And a Turing machine performs actions on an endless strip of tape that's divided into these squares, and it does it by following a list of rules. So the first rule might say, if the square contains a zero, replace it with a one, move one square to the right, and consult rule two. If the square contains a one, leave the one, move one square to the left, and consult rule three. Now each rule has this forking kind of choose-your-own-adventure style, and some rules say to jump back to previous rules, and eventually there's a rule containing an instruction to halt or stop, obviously. And Turing proved that this simple kind of computer is capable of performing any possible calculation given the right instructions and enough time. In 1936, Turing noted that in order to compute something, a Turing machine must eventually halt. It can't get trapped in an infinite loop. But he also proved that there's no reliable, repeatable method for distinguishing machines that halt from machines that simply just run forever. And this is a fact that's known as the halting problem. The Busy Beaver game asks, given a certain number of rules, what's the maximum number of steps that a Turing machine can take before halting? All right, so let's make some sense of this. So let's say you're allowed only one rule, and you want to make sure that this Turing machine stops or halts. You're forced to include that halt instruction right away. And so that means the busy beaver number for a one-rule machine, or BB1, is going to be one. But if we add just a few more rules, it instantly blows up the number of machines to consider. Of 6,561 possible machines with two rules, the one that runs the longest, the six steps, before halting, it's the busy beaver. But some other machines are simply just going to run forever. And none of these are the busy beavers, so how do you definitively rule those machines out? Turing proved that there is no way to automatically tell whether a machine that runs for a thousand or a million steps won't eventually terminate. And that's why finding busy beavers is so hard. There's no general approach for identifying the longest-running Turing machines with an arbitrary number of instructions. You have to puzzle out the specifics of each case on its own. So in other words, the Busy Beaver game is, in general, uncomputable. Now, proving that BB2 equals 6 and that BB3 equals 107 was difficult enough that Rado's student Shen Lin earned a doctorate for the work in 1965. Rado considered BB4 entirely hopeless, but the case was finally solved in 1983. But beyond that, the values virtually explode. Researchers have identified a five-rule Turing machine, for instance, that runs for 47,176,870 steps before stopping. So BB5 is at least that big. And BB6 is at least 7.4 times 10 to the 36,534th power. Woo! So proving the exact values will need new ideas and new insights if it can be done at all, says Aronson. So let's talk about the threshold of unknowability. William Gasarch is a computer scientist at the University of Maryland College Park, and he said that when it comes to this busy beaver business, he says he's less intrigued by the prospect of pinning down busy beaver numbers than by the general concept that it's actually uncomputable. He and other mathematicians are mainly interested in using the game as a yardstick for measuring the difficulty of important open problems in math, or for figuring out what is mathematically knowable at all. 
And that brings us back to the Goldbach conjecture that I mentioned earlier. So what is the Goldbach conjecture? The Goldbach conjecture asks whether every even integer greater than 2 is the sum of two primes. Proving the conjecture true or false would be an earth-shaking event in number theory, and it would allow mathematicians to better understand the distribution of prime numbers. And in 2015, an anonymous GitHub user named CodeGolfAddict published code for a 27-rule Turing machine that halts if, and only if, the Goldbach conjecture is false. So it works by counting upward through all even integers greater than 4, and for each one it just grinds through all the possible ways to get that integer by adding two others together, also checking whether the pair is prime. And when it finds a suitable pair of primes, it moves up to the next even integer and just repeats the process. If it finds an even integer that can't be summed by a pair of prime numbers, then it halts. Now, running this mindless machine isn't a practical way to solve the conjecture because we can't know if it will ever halt until it actually does. But the Busy Beaver game does shed some light on the problem. If it were possible to compute BB27, that would give us a cap on how long we'd have to wait for the Goldbach conjecture to be settled automatically. That's because BB27 corresponds to the maximum number of steps this 27-rule Turing machine would have to execute in order to halt, if it ever did. If we knew that number, we could run the Turing machine for exactly that many steps. If it halted by that point, we'd know the Goldbach conjecture was false. But if it went that many steps and didn't halt, we'd know for certain that it never would and that would prove the conjecture true. But the rub in this case is that BB27 is such an incomprehensibly huge number that even writing it down, much less running the Goldbach falsifying machine for that many steps, isn't remotely possible in our physical universe. But nevertheless, that incomprehensibly huge number is still an exact figure whose magnitude, according to Aronson, represents a statement about our current knowledge of number theory. Back in 2016, Aronson collaborated with Yuri Matiasevich and Stefan Orir, and they established a similar result. Together, they identified a 744-rule Turing machine that halts if, and only if, the Riemann hypothesis is false. Okay, so the Riemann hypothesis, it also concerns the distribution of prime numbers, and it's one of the Clay Mathematics Institute's millennium problems worth a million dollars, Aronson's machine will deliver an automatic solution in BB744 steps. It works by essentially the same mindless process as the Goldbach machine, iterating upward until it finds a counterexample. But, of course, BB744 is an even more unattainably ginormous number than BB27, but Aronson thinks that working to pin down something easier, like BB5, may actually turn up some new number theory questions that are interesting in their own right. For instance, the mathematician Pascal Michel proved in 1993 that the record-holding five-rule Turing machine exhibits behavior similar to that of the function described in the Kolatz conjecture, another famous open problem in number theory. And Aronson said so much of math can be encoded as a question of, does this Turing machine halt or not? If we knew all the Busy Beaver numbers, then we could settle all of those questions. And more recently, Aronson has used that busy beaver-derived yardstick to gauge what he calls the threshold of unknowability for entire systems of mathematics. 
Gödel's famous incompleteness theorems from 1931 proved that any set of basic axioms that could serve as a possible logical foundation for mathematics is doomed to one of two fates. Either the axioms will be inconsistent, leading to contradictions like proving that zero equals one, or they'll be incomplete, unable to prove some true statements about numbers like the fact that two plus two equals four. Now, the Zermelo-Frankel or ZF set theory is the axiomatic system that is the basis for almost all modern math, and it's known to have its own Gödelian boundaries. And Aronson wanted to use the Busy Beaver game to find out where those boundaries are. So, in 2016, he and his graduate student named Adam Yedidaya specified a 7,910 rule Turing machine that would only halt if ZF set theory is inconsistent. This means BB 7,910 is a calculation that eludes the axioms of ZF set theory. These axioms can't be used to prove that BB 7,910 represents one number instead of another, which is kind of like not being able to prove that two plus two is four instead of five. So, following that, Orier came up with a much simpler 748 rule machine that halts if ZF is inconsistent. And that essentially brings the threshold of unknowability closer, from BB seven thousand nine hundred ten to BB seven hundred forty eight. And according to Harvey Friedman, that is a kind of dramatic thing that the number of rules is not completely ridiculous. Harvey is a mathematical logician and emeritus professor at Ohio State University. He thinks that that number could be brought down even further. He said, "I think maybe fifty is the right answer." Aronson has a hunch that the true threshold. Maybe as close as BB twenty, but near or far, those thresholds of unknowability definitely exist. And Aronson says this is the vision of the world that we have had since Gödel. The busy beaver function is another way of making it concrete. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts, and get more science news at Wired.com/science. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big.